And the word that kept coming to my mind is sanctification. Sanctifying ourselves. Sanctification. We're going to pray. Father, I thank you for your presence, Lord. I thank you for your word. It's anointed. Lord, what you placed in my heart tonight, I ask you, Lord, to help me present it in the way you want it intended. Let the root, let, let the seed of the word go down to the roots of our congregation. Lord, let it, let it grow up inside of us the way you want it to grow. I ask you to hide me behind the cross, Lord, as we present the word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I seen Alana and uh, Garrett, someone posted on Facebook this week, and they, it was talking about gossiping, and it had two, just a piece of paper, and it had two lists. And I, I read that piece of paper, and it talked about we can gossip, we can tell what happened, and talk to someone else. We talked to that person, then we've drawn them in, now they're talking, now they're sinning with you. And it, it talked about this, and I say you because that's what it said on the paper. And then the other side, it said, you know, somebody's gossiping how to shut it down and do it biblically and remain a Christian. And I thought, that is so good. It's so good. And then today, Shelly went to Walmart and was playing bumper cars. And she was all upset about it. I said, just don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. Take it to God. Don't talk about it. It's not a big deal. Nobody died. Nobody got cut up. Nobody's bleeding. Take it to the Lord. She can grab and complain all she wants. Her adrenaline was like, she should have grabbed a basketball and went and played basketball. She's so good. She probably could have dunked. Five foot whatever, she could have dunked this afternoon. Her adrenaline was flowing so, so much. Take it to the Lord. Whatever the situation is in your life, bad doctor's reports, take it to the Lord. An accident, take it to the Lord. What are family not living right? Take them to the Lord. There's no sense in sitting pondering on it and worrying about it and finances. How am I ever going to pay this? How am I ever going to get the money for, to do this? And that? Take it to the Lord. Don't, don't sit and talk about it. Don't, take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord. I'm going to be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 3 is where I'm going to start. The word of the Lord says, for this is the will of God. How many wants the will of God in your life? How many believe that this Bible, it says Holy Bible right there, this is the red letter edition, King James Version, has my name on the front. But the side says Holy Bible. How many believes this is still true? This is the word of God. And what this says, we should live by. Does everybody agree to that? Amen. That's all it takes. If we believe that, then we need to live it. First Thessalonians 4 and 3. For this is the will of God. I want the will of God in my life. How do I get the will of God in my life? It's right here. Even your sanctification, that's the will of God for your life, sanctification. That ye should abstain from fornication. Fornication, first thing you think of, 
It's always in a, a sexual overtones with fornication. Fornication refers to anything that's immoral. Plain and simple, anything that's immoral. Verse number four says that every one of you should know how to possess possesses. Let me read it again. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Sanctification is defined by the Bible as God's will for us. Throughout the Bible, sanctification is mentioned frequently as a common reminder of how to align ourselves with God's command. It's, it's a command. How many know there's more than ten commandments in the Bible? Ten were given to Moses, but there's commandments all through the Bible. Here, here we found another one right here. The definition which connects with what the Bible teaches is that sanctification means to be set apart for holy use. How many want to be set apart for God to use you? All right. We're going somewhere. This is good. You're already with me, so it's a good thing. It also means to make holy or to purify. The work of making one holy can only be done by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the only one. The same Spirit that's here Sunday, that's the Spirit that's got to sanctify us and make us holy. It has to be through, it has to be through the Spirit. I'm not good enough. I can't do it on my own. It has to be through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is exactly the goal of every believer in Christ. And I'm going to tell you, if that's not your goal, I'm going to question if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. If you don't want to be set apart for his service, I'm going to wonder what kind of salvation you have. Does that sound all right? It's the truth. It's the truth. If we don't want to please God, I, I'm thinking that we're not right in our heart. Like the Old Testament temple, vessels used by the priests, these were to be used for holy purposes and to be pure and to be glorified, glorifying to God. Christians have been regenerated or saved by the Holy Spirit, and our bodies are the temple of God in which he dwells, amen, that dwells the Holy Spirit inside of us, and our bodies are vessels to be used for a holy or pure purpose for the glory of God. We don't treat our bodies correctly. And I'm as guilty as anyone. We don't treat our bodies as the vessels as the temple of God, like we should. Lord, help me. The origin of the word sanctification comes from the Latin sanctus, which means holy or to consecrate. Well, there's that old word again, consecrate. That, you know, I say consecrate, and I automatically think of beehives. Beehives. Does anybody wear them when they're older or younger? Beehive hairdos. I'm just saying, when I grew up, all the women wore these big beehives, and I heard consecrate to the Lord all the time. That was one of their key phrases, consecrate. Holiness. Holiness. I know I'm strange. I just, <laughs> that's where my mind goes. The suffix 
of Shin is what I would say, T-I-O-N. We're doing sanctification here, so the shun part of it. And sanctification is the ongoing or the continuing process of becoming holy. So we're wanting to become holy through sanctification. And we, we see the first part of the word means holy or consecrated. And the second part of the word means the ongoing and continuing process, process of being holy. As the Assembly of God's Pentecostal movement, we believe in a progressive sanctification. It's ongoing day by day. If we were sanctified, which we were when we were saved, but if you're not sanctified day by day, after a while, we're doing something in the flesh that's not pleasing to God, it's not holy, it's not consecrated, and so if that was the case, if it wasn't progressive, then we'd get saved one time, and then we'd never have to come back to the altar. It would be one, one time, right? I heard of a religion that does that. We don't believe that way. We don't believe that way. We believe that we get saved, we are sanctified, but then it's a process every day. Every day, we're getting closer and closer to the Lord. He's purifying us. He's, he's bringing glory to himself through us, through sanctification. It's a progressive holiness and growing in purity, and it takes a lifetime to accomplish. And why do I say that? It's because it's going to be ongoing for every day you live. Every day you live. Some days are going to be better than others. Some days you may not need much sanctification. You may hold over from one day to the next, but probably that third day, you're going to want to slap somebody stupid. Run over them with your car. Just like me at Walmart. I want to hit people with my buggy. That's bad road rage right there. We are being perfected, and this perfection takes time and patience. I thank God that He's patient with me. How about you? Is he patient with you? <laughs> yes, he is. I know some of you. He is. We cannot see much of our own progress until we start looking back at last year. Right? The year before, 10 years ago, can we see that we've got closer and closer to God? If you can't see you're getting closer to God, you better, better check some things out. If we're not getting closer to him, if he's not cleaning us up daily, you might ought to be checking back in, hitting these altars again, saying, God, sanctify me. Make me holy. Make me holy, Jesus. There should be a noticeable, dis a noticeable differences in our persons, in a person's life, I'm tongue-tied tonight, that are tangible evidence of growth. If you're a new believer, you should start seeing things in your life change day by day. Day by day. We had four people saved here, and I don't know if any of them are here tonight. Uh, had them saved Sunday. Day by day. Because I promise you, when you give your heart to God, the devil's going to be right there at the door. Sometimes he doesn't even wait for you to get to the door. He, he waits until you get back to your wife, and then she, she get, gets you, or he gets you. That's the way the devil, devil uses people. We don't have to look far in the Bible to see that. We're Peter. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Well, Peter wasn't the devil, but he was being used of him at that moment. And we know that goes on. The devil doesn't want you to get closer to God, so he's going to attack a new believer. But we should start seeing a change in our life day by day by day. I believe true character is revealed when no one is watching you. When no one is watching me. 
Your character is revealed in them moments. I can do a lot of things in front of people, make them think, oh, he's, Drew, he's a super guy. He's a great guy. He's this, this. What am I when nobody's around, when no one's looking? If you can imagine that you're a parent, and I am a parent, and we leave our teenager at home, what that teenager does at home alone is a revelation of their true character. Let's see. I've got a few youth in here. If you act differently when your mom and dad's around, that's not your true character, Reed, Devin, Gideon. Is it? It's how you act when they're not looking. Well, mama told you don't get into them cookies. And you sneak one anyway. And blame Devin for it. Or the dog for it. Your true character is defined when no one's watching. It's not so much what we do when others are watching, but what we do when no one is watching. Hmm. When we're alone and only God is watching, that's the true test of who we are. A lot of times we get think, well, it's, God knows everything anyway, and so I can just ask him for forgiveness. Nobody has to know I'm really a bad guy. I want to take us to a story here in the Bible, a biblical story of Joseph in the Old Testament. He's the son of the patriarch, of the patriarch Jacob and his wife Rachel. Jacob, or excuse me, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers who were jealous of his prophetic abilities to analyze dreams and... Um, he was his father's favorite. I mean, so you see why the brothers didn't like him. I, I, I experienced that. My, my siblings don't like me because I'm mom and dad's favorite, so I understand this. They haven't sold me into slavery yet. But, but Joseph is an excellent example of the process of sanctification. Joseph was treated unfairly when his brothers sold him into slavery, but would later end up in prison through no fault of his own. How many of you have ever just lived your life, you're just going about your business, and something happens that's no fault of your own, and now you're put in a bad situation? This is Joseph. He didn't do anything wrong, but yet he ends up in jail. I mean, first thing we think, somebody's in court. I've been in court a bunch of times. Everyone, and I walk in, I look at him, guilty, 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 guilty. I never think, well, maybe somebody framed them, or maybe some. I'm just like, oh, they're all guilty. I don't even know why we waste time with this. Just guilty, guilty, guilty. I'm human. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. But Joseph, he was in jail for no fault of his own. He didn't do anything wrong. He was really innocent. He was one of the few in jail yelling, I'm innocent. I'm sure everybody else said, I'm innocent too. I'm just like him. I'm innocent. He really was innocent. His character was revealed when he refused to blame God and turned bitter while he was in prison for so many years. How do you act when you run and slam into a woman at Walmart? Do we turn bitter? <laughs> That's bad, isn't it? Here we are on Facebook. We're going to watch this and put, take us to court for Shelly slamming into people. It didn't happen that way. I'm just teasing. 
But Joseph's character was revealed while he's in jail, and he's wrongfully put in jail. Joseph was in charge of Potiphar's house. Potiphar was the captain of the Pharaoh's guard. Next to the Pharaoh, this was probably the greatest position and power in all of Egypt. And according to Genesis 39, Potiphar trusted Joseph enough to leave him in charge of his entire household. When Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him, Joseph refused. Character shined forth again. Potiphar must have had a beautiful wife. You know, she was rich. Nobody's watching. She's coming on to him. He's thinking, hmm, hmm. Do you know what? His character, his character started to shine forth. When she tried to grab Joseph to sleep with her, he not only ran, but he ran so fast that he left his coat. But listen to this. He left his coat, but he kept his character. He left his coat, but he kept his character. When fighting temptations to sin, the Christian can do one of two things. They can fight or flight. They can run from it. I did this a lot in the youth. Run from the very appearance of evil. Run from it. The Bible says abstain from it. I say run from it. You get to a party, you know you're not supposed to be. Run out. Get out of there. Call somebody. Get out of them situations. Get out of them situations. And it's no different for adults. Get out of them situations. Get out of them situations. We can resist temptations and fight. We can fight it through prayers. Or we can take flight. We can get out of it. God always gives us that chance. Somebody said something in the back of my mind was telling me this, this, this. It wasn't something in the back of your mind. It's God speaking to you. He's trying to warn you, trying to let you know, trying to, trying to give you a warning. Drew, this is not where you're supposed to be. This is not the way you're supposed to go. A way of escape. I don't have to read that one now. No, you're good. <laughs> he left his coat, but he kept his character. James 4 and 7 said, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, this is a popular verse when I was growing up, and I'd feel evil spirits or something, or I was just scared going to sleep. My dad would read this to me, and he'd tell me to quote the scripture. But you know what? It not only works on nightmares or bad dreams or scary feelings, but this works when you're being tempted by Satan. Because, first of all, God's not going to tempt you with sin. He's not. He, he may allow some things to happen in your life. He's not going to be the tempter. He's not going to do it. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. That's the big thing. you got to resist him. And he will flee from you. He'll take off from you. But Paul said we must flee from sexual temptation, indicating we shouldn't just resist, but run. Run. 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee fornication. Flee. It's not flee. It's flee. Run. Every sin that a man doth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. This is not a suggestion. Here's another command. Flee. I said it before. I'll say it a million more times probably. Ten commandments are not the only commandments in the Bible. Fornication, as an abbreviated definition, pertains to any type of immorality, 
and we're supposed to flee from it. Can you imagine how hard it was for Joseph to resist this urge day after day? We get one recording of Potiphar's wife trying to tempt him. I'm just telling you, it probably happened more than one time. We're just getting one recording. It's not in the Bible. I'm just telling you, it probably happened more than one time. It usually doesn't take, usually doesn't happen all in one thing. Somebody just comes up, hey, hey, come sleep with me. No, it usually is a relationship being built. And after a while, more and more and more, I believe he was probably tempted more than one time with this. This temptation must have gone on for many days in my mind. Potiphar's wife had to be one of the most beautiful women in Egypt, and she was filthy rich. It seemed like that should be backwards, because that's what a, what a woman's always looking for, is a man that's filthy rich. Marrying for money. At times like these, the work of the Holy Spirit is indispensable in our life. He's able to convict us of things that we know already is clearly wrong. Convict. There's another one. Con I'm just hitting all these old-time old words. Conviction. I got bad news for everybody sitting in here tonight. Let me take off my glasses and see. Every one of you in here tonight, I prayed for you this morning. And I prayed, God, convict their hearts. Convict them of any wrongdoing they're doing. God, because I don't want them to be lost without you. Sanctify them, Jesus. Sanctify them. Let them know this is not pleasing you. If they're doing something that's not pleasing you, let them know, Jesus. I don't want to tell them. You tell them. Convict them. Convict them, Jesus. And I'll just tell you, I pray the same prayer. I said, God, convict me. Show me, Lord. Show me where I fail you. The Holy Spirit will convict us. The problem is we don't want to listen to that conviction. That still, small voice. We want to override it. We don't want to listen to it. Mm. Not only did Joseph not want to violate God's law, but he said in Genesis 39 and 9, how then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Wouldn't even think about sinning against Potiphar, his wife. It's sinning against God. That's the right view. We don't sin because it sins against, against God. We should have that love for Christ so much that we don't want to sin because it's sin against God. It's not sin against someone else. It's sin against God. Joseph thought about God when he was tempted. And guess what? That's sanctification at work. That's sanctification at work. He was being sanctified in the moments when he was making the right decision. The Holy Spirit was touching his heart. When Joseph refused to give in to temptation, he sanctified God's name by doing what was right. When we glorify God in our bodies, we are being sanctified, and we glorify God by our decisions to not sin against him. It's sin against God. You might think, well, that's sin against my body. It's sin against some. It may be all them things, but the most important, it's sin against God. In this case, Joseph sanctified the name of God even in private where there were, would have been no eyewitnesses. Nobody would have known about it. It was all secret. Hush, hush. Joseph's refusal to sin and his fleeing temptation is the perfect model of holiness. It's how we can also avoid sin. This is the process of sanctification. 
the process of sanctification. Things are going to come in our paths. They are. The devil's not going to stop until you're dead. He's going to keep coming at you. And the closer you get to God, the more things he's going to bring against you. We've been praying around here for God to manifest himself, for him to do the miraculous. My favorite word, miraculous. I love saying the word miraculous. When it refers to God, I love it. And we start praying them prayers. And somebody told me, said, you're praying some heavy prayers there. You're getting us in trouble. The devil's going to come against us. We've had problem after problem after problem after problem. And that lets me know I'm going to keep praying for the miraculous. I'm going to keep praying for the manifestation of his spirit because we've got the devil angry. We got him mad. He's starting to tinker with my car. He's starting to tinker with people's finances. He's starting to do some things that we don't want trouble. We're taking ground taking ground again we don't have to take ground physically it's in the spirit we're growing spiritually we're getting deeper and deeper with God and when we do that it makes the devil mad it makes him mad you know what he doesn't care about things that's not worth anything but the things that are worth something that's what he's going to fight you over I'll just tell you a little praise report a couple different things everybody knows the expedition is Shelley's she drives it, Sister Wilson. That's her car. I get the little truck with no air conditioner. That's my vehicle. But something went wrong with the car, and the seat wouldn't scoot up, and her little legs couldn't fit the pedals. I was moved up to first class. I was driving the air conditioner. The cushion, leather seat, I had it all. And then we found out the battery burned up. And so we got blessed. I went, took the battery. Shelly took the battery and took it out, and she took it to the store and had a warranty on it. Got a brand-new battery. Put it in there on a Tuesday. On a Friday, it was dead again. I figured out it was the alternator. I went and got an alternator. Had it put on. Everything working fine. Everything back to normal. And the seat started working. I was very upset. It started working, and she asked me when we come in, and she said, hey, did it fix the seat? And I go, no, no, no. She goes, oh, I was hoping it would. And I go, yes, it did. It fixed it. So it fixed the seat. And she's kept on driving the Corolla for a couple more days. Then the air conditioner went out on the expedition. It went out. I'm driving down the road, and it's just whoo, my long flowing flare, it's just blowing all through, and then nothing. And I immediately just broke out in beads of sweat. I'm just like, I was sweating like crazy, like, what? And I'm rolling down the windows. I hate rolling down the windows now that I'm old. As a kid, I loved it. I'd hang my head out the window like a dog. As an adult, I don't like that. Anyhow, this is where my testimony comes in. That was all a big story for this. I give the car back to her without air conditioning, and she went and run into somebody. And then when she's come home, then I, I got to messing with the car, and I was like, I, something about we got to reading on YouTube, or not YouTube, was it YouTube? Something like that. And so we're looking and everything. And I just reach up under there to the fan, and I, just, I literally flicked my thumb and hit the fan, and the blower come on. I was like, we've been without air conditioning for several days in that car, and I was like, oh my word. <laughs> I was sucking that air conditioner down. 
It was hot out there where I was working. It felt good. I forget why I told you all that now. Things come against you. One thing after another. But you know what? If you keep your, your mind set on God and realize what's happened, that we're taking ground. The enemy's going to attack some of these things. But you know what? Shelly said something, something today. I'm not going to let the devil have a place right here. I'm going to continue to worship God. I don't care what's going wrong. I don't care if the car's having a problem. I don't care if I'm slamming into little old ladies at Walmart. God is going to take care of everything. And that's the attitude we had to have. We had to have that attitude towards God. And that's the way Joseph was. Life is not fair. And during these times of growing in holiness, our sanctification can be increased. Amen. Even when we're in the will of God, there will be times of injustice. I know an air conditioner doesn't seem like much, but in the state of Arkansas, it's huge. Times of injustice. Like when Joseph was unfairly thrown into prison. Sometimes when things are going bad, we can justify why we did something. Well, you know what? They, they did me wrong. They did my family wrong. Sometimes that sin is just more easily to, God, you understand. You understand why I did it, God. I, I had to do it, God. You, you understand that. It's in them times God's trying to grow us. He's trying to grow us spiritually. Be sanctified. Be holy. Set yourself apart. Be purified. Be purified by God. We can justify our sin more easily in times when it's not going well. What is really pleasing to God is when we do the right thing when no one's watching. And sometimes when we're suffering unjustly. How many's 